0: hello everybody we're back because the times has released the allegations from four women and disturbing content warning harrowing details coming up so if you want to watch something that's not gonna upset you we've got a royal mess coming on at eight so until then i've got some time to cover what's come out now as i was reading these allegations and obviously, this stuff is disgusting. Anyone who committed these kinds of acts should have severe punishment and obviously a lot more investigation into what has actually happened needs to occur, maybe even a court of law. But that aside, when I was reading it and when I'm looking at the timeline of all of this, I can't help but thinking that history is repeating itself because this is exactly how the media rose up and savaged Julian Assange. In fact, after I go over the allegations, what I'm going to do is show you the mainstream media's perspective of Assange allegations and then show how they fell apart over the years, in the beginning, there was a tidal wave of media hatred for Julian Assange. Um, women I spoke to who were involved with, with the Me Too movement were disgusted by Julian Assange and criticized me for defending him. <clears throat> Friends of mine. And. It does look really bad at first with Assange, but it changes over time now. We're at the point where it does look really bad for Russell Brand. And if you didn't see my stream earlier in the day, this method is so effective because the people launching the campaign suffer no consequences, innocent or guilt is irrespective. The stink is going to stay with you for the rest of your life because. These are the allegations that press the hot button in everybody's mind. We've got to protect women and kids from these monsters. So as I read these allegations, I'm going to have to weigh my words carefully. Warning again, it's graphic content coming up. So the Times has released a headline. Russell Brand accused of R word, hence A and A. Four women, including one who was just 16, make allegations after an investigation by the Sunday Times, the Times, and Channel 4 dispatches. The comedian and actor Russell Brand has been accused of beep, beep, beep during a seven-year period at the height of his fame. Four women have alleged SAs between 2006 and 2013 while he was a presenter for BBC Radio 2 and Channel 4 and then an actor in Hollywood films. Others have made a range of accusations about his controlling beep, beep, behavior. As we said in the early video, he's denied the allegations. I showed you his response. He preempted this and he put a video out last night on his channel. He has said all of his relationships have been consensual. One woman alleges that Russell R-worded her against the wall in his LA home. She was treated as a R-word crisis centre on the same day, according to medical records. Text messages show that in the hours after leaving his house, she told Russell that she had been scared of him, by him, and felt taken advantage of, adding when a girl says no, it means no, and his reply was he was very sorry. A second woman alleges that Russell assaulted her when he was 31 and she was 16 and still at school. This is something we predicted earlier today. She said he referred to her as the child during an emotionally abusive and controlling relationship that lasted for about three months and that he once forced his, let's say, man part down her throat, making her choke. She says she tried to push him off and she said had to punch punch him in the stomach to make him stop. Yeah, this is absolutely disgusting. A third woman claims that he beeped her while she worked with him in L.A. and that he threatened to take legal action if she told anyone else about her allegation. The four described being SA'd by him and him being physically and emotionally abusive towards her. All said they felt ready to speak only after being approached by reporters. Several said they felt compelled to do so, given his newfound prominence as an online wellness influencer with millions of followers on YouTube and other sites. So I find that suspicious because if he was already at the height of his fame, and yet they're saying that they felt compelled to do so because of his newfound prominence, surely if he's at the height of his fame, that would have been the time to speak out and not only after being approached by reporters so it makes you wonder i'm not taking any away from victims of these things it's disgusting but it makes you wonder what how they were incentivized by these reporters was any money involved any promises so most of the women who do not know each other have chosen to remain anonymous over the past few years, reporters have interviewed hundreds of sources who knew or worked with Russell, ex-girlfriends and their friends and family, comedians, other celebs, people who work with him on radio, TV, senior staff, the BBC, Channel 4, and other media organizations. And two or three years ago, this happened to me when the campaign was launched against me for reporting on the Jeffrey case. Every single ex-girlfriend from my past was contacted. All my friends in America were contacted. Relationships going back to the 90s were contacted. My prosecutor was contacted. This is how this works and depending upon what they say to these people can they get them can they incentivize them to say something that is in the interest of the journalist that is a huge question i want answered along with these interviews reporters have seen private emails and text messages submitted freedom of information requests viewed medical and therapist notes scrutinized his books and interviews i've read all of his booky works, and he does come across as someone into frequent acts of illegal substance fueled activities involving the women of the world let's just say I'm trying not to get in trouble here Um, But there was nothing criminal in it and watched and listened to hundreds of hours of his shows on BBC Channel 4 YouTube to corroborate allegations. He's now 48. He's managed to maintain his fame for the past two decades through reinvention. First as a stand-up comic known for debauchery before becoming a primetime Channel 4 TV host, BBC radio star, Hollywood actor and most recently a wellness guru and anti-establishment influencer with millions of followers online anti-establishment influencer or someone who challenges the mainstream narrative and provides common sense information to millions of people who otherwise wouldn't have access to it prefer that throughout his career his material has acknowledged his beep addiction and he's often publicly joked about his beep behavior and beep life but there were rumors of more sinister behavior said to be discussed as an open secret by senior TV and radio execs and among female comedians who warned each other of his behavior, but the women involved previously felt unable to speak out. Now, when I read that, I started thinking about Philip Schofield. But Philip Schofield is embedded into the establishment. So his thing was quickly cleaned up, wasn't it? And Hugh Edwards quickly cleaned up. What, we were allowed to talk about that for two or three weeks before the threats of the lawsuits came in? Matthew Steeples received a legal letter from one of the uh, Schofield alleged young person. All right. Their stories, now told publicly for the first time, shine a light on his mistreatment of women behind closed doors, and on the industries that enabled him. Well, he abandoned the Hollywood Club, didn't he? He was Self-sufficient. The Times and the Sunday Times, yeah, well, they're an industry in themselves, aren't they? We've got an industry here against an individual. It gave Russell eight days within which to reply to detailed allegations, including information to enable him to recall the alleged incidents. Lawyers, his lawyers, initially said that they were not in a position to provide any response to the allegations we had posed. A large litany of questions and had intentionally chosen to anonymize the names of the women. They characterized this as deliberate and part of a preconceived strategy aimed at damaging their client. They said that publication was a concerted campaign and their client believes that there is a deeply concerning agenda to all this. I agree. Namely, the fact that he is an alternative media broadcaster competing with mainstream media, and he's one of the biggest in the world because there are a gazillion indie journalists, but he is at the tip of the spear. Pressed to provide a full response, the same lawyers did not reply. When given further opportunity to respond, he broadcast a statement, which we published earlier today, reiterating that his relationships have always been consensual, and accusing mainstream media of a coordinated attack. The Sunday Times asked his lawyer for the evidence referred to, but no answer was provided. All right. Now we're going to go to the detailed allegations. Graphic content coming up. Like I said earlier, if you want to watch something easy on the stomach, we've got a royal mess coming up at 8. All right. He sent a car to my school to take me out of lessons. As her taxi approached Russell Brand's home, Alice, and this is a fake name, remembers the driver begging her not to go inside. Recognizing the destination, he started to ask questions. She admitted she was 16 and still in school. The driver replied that his daughter was the same age and entreated Alice, please, I'm asking you not to go in there. You could be my little girl. And I would want some I wouldn't I would want someone to do this for her. He offered to take her home without charge, but she insisted she was fine. He had such a sad look in his eyes. But she realized she wasn't fine. During a relationship that lasted for about three months, when he was a BBC radio presenter, she says he referred to her as the child and alleges that he became increasingly controlling and then emotionally and, beep, abusive. He was 30 years old. He sent a car to a secondary school to take her out of lessons and to his home, she says, and asked her to save his name in her phone as Carly to deceive her parents. His management knew that he had a teen girlfriend and advised him not to be seen with her in public, she said. She alleges that he once forced his man thing down her throat making her choke and that after trying to push him off he only stopped after she hit him in the stomach and she was visibly upset after the incident which is absolutely disgusting he made his name in comedy in the early 2000s and achieved the status of london's most lascivious lothario gave up drugs in 2002 but fill that void with sex. In 2005, he re- received treatment for addiction at a clinic in the US. Um, he bragged he-, he was sleeping with 80 women a month. Um, he was crowned Shagger of the Year by the Sun. Three times, had relationships with Kate Moss, and he married Katy Perry in 2010, divorcing in 2012. When Alice met him in 2006, he was becoming a household name as the host of Channel 4's Big Brother's Big Mouth and a BBC radio presenter. She was 16, recovering from an eating disorder and had never had a boyfriend. He approached her in Leicester Square after she had been shopping at Topshop in Oxford Circus and he had been working at a nearby studio. She recognised him from TV and had previously seen him do stand-up. He took my shopping bags from me, which was quite disarming, and proceeded to go through my purchases and critique them. And then he took Wondrous out and said to me, you're going to wear this on our date this week. He asked her to dinner and she later told her mum, who made her Alice text him to tell her age, assuming it would put him off. It didn't. His, her mother was very upset, but did not feel she could control what her daughter, met, who her daughter met. I remember wearing a red wiggle dress and big platform shoes, and had my hair blown out and was wearing makeup. She remembers, but well, I didn't look like a woman by any means. I was a child that had got dressed up for dinner. On the first date, she claims he asked her as soon as they met to confirm she was definitely sixteen, saying. I don't give a F if you're 12. I need to know where I stand legally. During the earliest stages of the relationship, she says he was very charming and attentive, sending her verbose messages which made her giddy and feel special. Before the first time they had beep, Alice says she told him she was a virgin and claims he was instantly beep. He was like, oh my God, my baby, my baby, and picked me up and cradled me in his arms like a child and was stroking my hair. He's like, you're my little dolly. She says he became preoccupied with her being innocent and pure. She said there was a large mirror on the wall and she remembers during, beep, he raised his arm above his head like this power stance, like he was conquering something. Over the following weeks, he referred to as the child, asked her to read Vladimir. Nabokov's Lalita and coached her on what to say to her parents when he wanted to see her. Although she was over the age of consent in the UK, she and her family member, has also spoken to the Sunday Times to corroborate the story, described his behaving as the G word that rhymes with broom. She says he suggested how she could deceive her parents into allowing her to visit him and claims that he gave her scripts on how to lie to them. She also alleges that he told her not to trust her friends and that they would all be looking to make money from it if she revealed she was seeing him. It was isolating, she said. Russell engaged in the behaviours of a beep, looking back, but I didn't even know what that was then or what that looked like. She recalls that he told her never to send him beep images. She believed that was because of her age. She accused him of being controlling, says that he once ran a bath for her, and demanded that she stay in it while he went out for about an hour. Another time, she said that he removed the rubber during beep without her knowing. And that's an issue with the Assange case that we're going to get to once I go over these allegations. We're going to look at how this all exploded on mainstream media against Assange, and how other people over time dissected it and did not find it credible. That is coming up. When he invited her over on his 31st birthday, her mother insisted on driving her to emphasize to him that this was a girl with loving parents. When his mother went to meet him on the doorstep, Alice says that he blocked the door and leant down and kissed my mother on the mouth. She says that afterwards her mother was very, very upset at his behavior and pleaded with Alice to come home with her, but she chose to stay. Towards the end of the relationship, she said that Bran beeped her. She says, I was sat up in bed up against the headboard, and he forced his manhood down my throat, and I couldn't breathe. It was just choking me. I couldn't breathe, and I was pushing him away, and he wasn't backing off at all. I ended up having to punch him really hard in the stomach to get him off. I was crying, and he said, oh, I only wanted to see your mascara run anyway. Then I knew at that point that he didn't care about hurting me physically or emotionally. It shouldn't take you having to punch someone to win them to get them off you. It shouldn't be a physical fight. As she lay on one side of the bed after the attack, she alleges that he climbed on top of her, held open her mouth and drooled into it. I was gagging and trying to fight him off me, but he's lying on top of me, so I can't. My limbs are trapped underneath him, and I just thought, why are you doing this? It can't even be any beep gratification in this. Then he held my mouth shut and made me swallow it, and so I was just gagging and crying. The relationship ended when he invited her over one day and she arrived to find another woman in his bed. I was so angry and I said to him, why would you do this to me? This is humiliating. She's decided to speak out now because she believes she was too young to be able to consent to a relationship with an adult man and that the law should be changed to protect those under 18. My mom still feels like she failed me in some way in allowing this to happen, but she had no recourse at all. It shouldn't be legal for a 16-year-old to have a relationship with a man in their 30s. There should be something in place to protect children. She also wants the entertainment industry to change. For many years, he has been applauded for his jokes, describing how he's manipulated women for beep. I think he was very skillful in the start of making his identity be, I'm the womanizer, I'm a sex addict, I'm inappropriate, but it's all a joke. It's funny. It is a smokescreen for a lot more of his dark behavior. Well, wow. Next section. During the early years, this is the Times. If you've logged on, I'm quoting the Times article. I'm not uh, in agreement with the campaign against Russell, trying to get him away from reporting on alternative news. I'm dead against that. I'm now just going over the allegations against him, and then I'm going to compare it to what happened with Assange. All right. So, during the early years of his career as a Channel 4 presenter, there were repeated incidents raising these questions. According to the Times, TV researchers and runners who worked on Channel 4 shows alleged that he would get staff to approach young female audience members so he could meet them after filming. Two former crew members working on Big Brother's E Forum, a live spin off debate show. Presented by brand that would become Big Brother's Big Mouth, separately claimed that this made them feel like they were working as a pimp for Brand. One says she remembers women calling her in tears after feeling they had been treated poorly by him. Another claims there were occasions she had to collect Brand from a hotel room, and he appeared in his underwear and suggested having a quickie, and she could not tell if he was joking or not. She says his behavior was widely discussed by those working on the TV set. One runner, Rachel, who is 24, says she once walked into his dressing room and claims he flashed his manhood at her. She alleges that he insinuated that she could give him oral. She was shocked and refused. She felt unable to tell anyone about what had happened and was worried that if she complained, she would lose her job. She says he continued to pursue her, and sometime after he asked her to visit his flat. When she arrived, they kissed and had beep. They began a relationship, but she alleges he told her to keep it a complete secret. She claims he told her he had it written into his contract that he wasn't allowed to have any beep contact with anyone working on Big Brother. Endemol said they have reviewed the contract and he did not have a clause pertaining to beep relationships. A researcher claims his behaviour while working on E4 Big Brother's Big Mouth was reported to production managers at Endemol, the company commissioned by Channel 4, to produce the shows. They allege that they complained about him pursuing audience members for Beep, but claims their concerns were dismissed. The researcher remembers being told by a talent manager, it's what happens with the talent, boys will be boys, it's not a big deal. A spokesman for Banjay UK, which bought Endemol in 2020, said it had reviewed files and correspondence and could find no records of issues about brand being raised formally or discussed with Endemol. It said, we take our duty of care to our cast crew and staff extremely seriously. While the legal company, legacy company, Endemol, did have a code of conduct support policies and escalation procedures in place during the period in question, they were not as robust as our current processes. We are sorry these women did not feel supported and protected while working on these productions. And in light of these serious allegations, encouraged to them to contact us in confidence. The times continues. Brand would regularly have beep with women he met at events. Two who went back to his home on separate occasions claim he became threatening and shouted at them when they refused to have beep with him. One left his home in tears. Helen Berger, who worked as his personal assistant in 2006, says that during her interview for the job, she told one of his managers that she had a girlfriend. The manager later told her that being gay was seen as a plus for the job. She believes the manager wanted to make sure that I would be safe. He just wanted a purely platonic situation. She said that Brand was a narcissist and would often only wear underwear while she worked. She remembers him openly showing his friends intimate pictures of women. Once while in Edinburgh for the festival in the bar, she saw him showing pictures like these to friends. She says, I lent in as he's going through these pictures. He gets a picture of somebody I knew. It did something to me. It made me feel really sick to my stomach. These are women who aren't expecting to be shown to the dude's friends. Liliana Dalla Piana, a highly experienced celebrity assistant who worked for Brand between 2007 and 8, says that she believed she was hired by his managers because she was nearer to his mother's age than his. She recalls that at her interview, he said that he liked to walk around with nothing on or sometimes just a long caftan with nothing underneath. Dalla Piana remembers replying, I've got a son who's older than you, I've seen it all. He went on to be hired by the BBC, first on BBC Six Music in April 2006 before getting moved to Radio 2 that November. He often courted controversy culminating in the Sashgate scandal. We covered that in the stream on Brand that we did earlier today, so check that one out if you want more Brand. In October 2008, Brand and his co-presenter Jonathan Ross made prank calls to the actor Andrew Sachs, who had played Manuel in Faulty Towers, leaving a lewd message on his answer phone. Brand hinted at a relationship with Sachs' granddaughter Georgina, prompting Jonathan Ross to declare he effed your granddaughter which Sachs had not known about. Well, that did happen, and that caused a massive scandal. Gordon Brown, the Prime Minister, got involved, criticising the broadcast. And both Russell and the station's controller, Leslie Douglas, resigned from the BBC, which was fined 150000 by Ofcom. BBC admitted that editorial standards had been broken. Tens of thousands of complaints came in. All right, next section. Titled he's grabbing at my underwear. I'm telling him to get off. Following the scandal, Russell moved to L.A. where he focused on a Hollywood film career and a new American TV show. He remained in L.A. after his marriage to Perry failed in 2012. At a party one night, he met Nadia, a businesswoman who was then in her 30s. They exchanged numbers and Brand later got in touch and they began texting and talking on the phone. She said they met up in June 2012 at his house in L.A. and went on to have consensual beep but she was unsettled by his glazed-over look. He does this thing when he glazes over. I don't know what's going on in his head. It was fine, but it was a weird first-time experience with someone when you're having beep with them for the first time. During one text exchange, Brand suggested that Nadia bring a friend they then met again in the early hours of the morning on July 1st when she arrived at his house after he had pleaded with her to come over. When I walked in, the door was unlocked, and I just walked in. He comes running out of the bedroom naked and I'm kind of taken aback. I've got a bag on my shoulder, a little dress and a coat on top. She says he took her to a wall and kissed her and made a comment, something along the lines of, I'll keep you safe. He then told her that a friend was already in the bedroom and that he wanted her to join them. I'm like, no, that's not happening. I don't care. That's not happening. We're not doing that. I tried to get away from him and I slipped away from the wall. And then I went to another wall that had a painting on it, a huge painting. And my bag got actually stuck underneath that. And it's still on my arm. And at that point, he's grabbing at my underwear, pulling it to the side. She said that she told him to get off her and that she wanted to leave, but he carried on. I'm stuck underneath the painting and he's pushing up against me. He's a lot taller than me and he has that glazed look in his eye again. And I can't move. And I told him, get off, get off. She claims that he pushed her up against the wall and beeped her without a rubber. He finally finished and she says she pushed him away. And then he blocks the door that I've come into because he doesn't want me going. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not. Okay. You need to get away from me. And he's like, let's calm down. She says that he eventually stepped away from the door. He had been blocking after she told him she wanted to use the bathroom. I ran out and I jumped in my car. Thank God I didn't park in his driveway and booked it out of the, that was it. I sat on the road a little bit longer. I was in a daze. At 3.29 a.m., she sent. he sent her a text message. He wrote, I'm sorry, that was crazy and selfish. I hope you can forgive me. I know that you're a lovely person. X. He tried phoning her at 3.51 a.m., but the call went unanswered. And then there's a screenshot in the Times article released today showing the message exchange. She says she woke up most of the night. She did not reply to his text until 10.59 a.m. She wrote that he had taken advantage of her and scared the poop out of her of me. She wrote in her text to him, do you know how scary you are when that glazed look comes over? When a girl says no, it means no. Do I have to go and get myself tested? He replied, he was very sorry and wrote, you don't need to get tested. I will make this up to you somehow with love and kindness. Not my original idea, which was more sex. You've been lovely to me and I'm embarrassed by my hair behavior. Sorry, kiss. The US phone number that he used to send messages has been verified by multiple sources. Meanwhile, she had told a close friend what happened and she took her to the uh, R Word Treatment Center at UCLA Santa Monica Medical Center that same day. She shared a full copy of her treatment records, which she stated that she provided under underwear and other samples as evidence which were frozen. An officer from the LA Police Department was alerted by the center, according to the notes. But she chose not to make a police report, saying to the center she didn't think my words would mean anything up against his. This notes also stated that she was worried that if her assailant's name is somehow released, that her name will be dragged through the dirt she had therapy at the clinic for the following five months. During her therapy sessions, records show she was contemplating criminal or civil proceedings before deciding against it. She wrote him a letter hoping to regain some of her power in the process, and she says she sent it to his house. In the letter, she asked, do you know what you put me through, my body through, you scared the poop out of me July 1st. I thought in any situation I wouldn't be strong enough to fit someone off. You completely brought me down. So, you know, if this is true, this is really sad. Just just reading this, it it does make me really sad. Um, But we don't know the veracity of it yet. We're hearing one side, aren't we? We're hearing the prosecution side, basically. I was fighting and screaming so hard. He kept building his career in America. The following year, another woman claimed she was the victim of a beep at an essay at his house. Phoebe was in her 20s. She said she met him at Alcoholics Anonymous before they started working together and she had a brief, beep relationship with him, which had ended by the time of the alleged attack in early 2013. She says the team working on project with Brand at the time worked from different locations, including from his property in West Hollywood. She was at his house when she realized that a member of his staff had gone out and they were alone. She described being trapped in a bedroom and realizing that he wanted to have beep with her. She says she can't remember whether he was naked or in his underwear, but he ended up naked at some point and started chasing her. She claims he grabbed me and got me on the bed. He tried to kiss her and remove her clothes and he pinned her down. And I saw something come over his eyes, I swear to God, like, black his eyes had no more color they were like black like the devil like a different person literally entered his body she was fully clothed i was screaming and i was like what are you doing stop please you're my friend i love you please don't do this i don't want to do this i think he had his hands down my trousers but i was fighting so hard and i was screaming so hard hoping that i could get through somehow I don't know what the actual definition of S.A. is, but it feels like that he didn't army. She says she kept begging him to get off her and eventually he relented, at which point she says he flipped and was super angry. She says he was shouting F you, you're fired, and she fled his home in tears, stopping only to grab her shoes before running barefoot to her car. As she left, she says she passed a group of people who have arrived at the house for a meeting about the project. Years later, she says she met one of the people who'd been in this group. She says, he pulled me aside. He said to me, I've never forgiven myself for not running in the house to save you. I heard you screaming, and I didn't know what to do. And we were all so scared of him, and I didn't do anything, and I'm sorry. The Times attempted to contact him, but he did not respond. She told friends what had happened, Felt forced to return to work in the days afterwards and claims that he, after becoming aware of the allegation, cornered her and threatened her with legal action. She did not formally report the incident as she feared that her career would be affected. Three separate sources confirmed that she had told them about her allegation at the time, while two more were also aware of it. A short time later, he left the US, moved back to the UK. It was then that serious allegations about his conduct First became public in 2014 an ex-girlfriend Jordan Martin wrote about their relationship in a self-published book, K-Not, Entanglement with a Celebrity, in which she renamed him Randall Grand and herself Dina. declining to be interviewed for this investigation due to personal family circumstances, but confirmed that she stands by her account in the book and says that this is an accurate depiction of their relationship. He never challenged her on its content. They had a six-month relationship from February 2007, during which they briefly lived together. In the book, she describes being, beep, essayed by Brand, and Brand being physically and emotionally abusive towards her. The alleged assault occurred at the Lowry Hotel in Manchester. She describes how he became angry when he found out she had spoken to an ex-boyfriend, snatching a phone from her, ripping the case apart, and pulling out the battery. She wrote about how she then walked away from him and was standing at the sink in the room when he came up behind her. In a book, she described how he does not say a word. He stands so close to her, he slides his hand down the front of her low-hanging jeans into her underwear and forces a digit inside her. She wrote that she was not ready for this intrusion and did not find it sensual or pleasant and that he allegedly walked out of the room silently leaving her feeling confused, uncomfortable, and a little stunned. She describes how he once forced her to brush her teeth so hard that her gums bled so she would taste anonymous to him. She wrote that he pushes boundaries, controlling other people to fulfill personal perversions for the sake of dominance or for the sake of something.
1: Right, that's one
0: section. There's yet another section. This is a bloody long piece. Alarming displays of aggression is the title of the next section. His attitude towards women became an open secret in radio and TV production, according to sources. Well, I never heard about it. I heard about the Schofield stuff years ago. Many felt the BBC should have been awake to the concerns about his on-her behavior well before the Sasha Gates scandal. While hosting his BBC radio show on Six Music, he and his co-host Matt Morgan would sometimes undress in the studio and encourage guests to do likewise. Morgan told the Times, I stopped working with Russell Brand several years ago. During the time I worked with him, I was never aware of any allegations of serious beep misconduct against him. I absolutely condemn all forms of mistreatment of women looking back on the time I spent working on radio At the BBC, I'm regretful to learn that a show I was part of made colleagues uncomfortable at times. In July 2008, Ofcom, the communications regular, fined the BBC £17,500, just over $20,000, for a serious breach of its code after finding that his show on Six Music had faked the competition winner. During other episodes, he made a series of beep remarks about the newsreader, Andrea Simmons, describing her on her as erotic and as a beep bomb and telling listeners that he would like to go under the desk while she was reading the news. Several times after this, it is implied that he was forced to apologize by BBC production staff. In May 2007, he called Jimmy Savile, who suggested the perk could meet if he brought along a sister. Bran doesn't have a sister, so instead offered to bring a female employee agreeing on Savile's request that she should be naked. And here's the quote. I've got a personal assistant, he said, and part of her job description is that anyone I demand, she greet, meet, massages, and she has to do it. She's very attractive, Jimmy. This was four years before his death and five years before his crimes were exposed. According to insiders who were working for BBC Radio at the time, complaints were made about his behavior in the studio to Leslie Duggars then the BBC controller for Radio 2 and 6, but nothing appeared to be done as a well. result. So, this is the fine line when you're a comedian and if you're getting into jokes of a lewd nature, how these words can be used against you. In December 2007, a serious complaint was made by BBC staff to Leslie Douglas about his behavior in the Radio 2 studio. Sources who were involved said the complaint was made after an alarming display of aggression and disrespect by Russell in the studio, which included him hurling objects across the studio in fits of rage, urinating in a bottle in full view of everyone. And Russell had done this, the sources said, in front of production staff and guests, including a young person who appeared to be a minor, and had been sent to appear on Radio 2 by a charity. This alleged complaint and any others have been made were not mentioned in subsequent official reports into Sashgate. A spokesman for the BBC said it has clear expectations and policies around conduct at work and had taken the Jonathan Ross Radio 2 incident incredibly seriously. He said, we hope that demonstrates that the BBC takes issues seriously and is prepared to act. Indeed, we would add that in addition to acting on the serious editorial breach at the time, the BBC has, over successive years, evolved its approach to how it manages talent and, indeed, how it deals with complaints or issues raised. We will always listen to people if they come forward with any concerns on any issue related to any individual working at the BBC, past or present. Lawyers representing Douglas said, Ms. Douglas does not at any time encourage, enable and or fail herself to take any adequate steps within her power, with regard to the conduct of Russell Brand, of which she was aware. She is presently unable to provide any further information which may be relevant to the matters raised in this article due to the obligations owed by her to her former employer. Alice, who later worked at Channel 4, recalled a meeting in late 2013 or early 2014, during which Brand was pitched as a host of a show, but concerns about his behaviour were flagged. The solution that was offered was that we would take the female staff off the crew. Women that have worked hard to get into this industry now can't work on particular shows because of fear that they might be assaulted or harassed. I was in disbelief. He continued to be given opportunities by mainstream broadcasting in the UK, including Channel 4. In 2019, he appeared on a celebrity edition of Bake Off. He baked biscuits inspired by the let's say, private parts of his wife, Laura. A spokesman for Channel 4 said, Channel 4 is appalled to learn of these deeply troubling allegations, including behaviour alleged, to have taken place on programmes made for Channel 4 between 2004-2007. We are determined to understand the full nature of what went on. We have carried out extensive document searches and found no evidence to suggest the alleged incidents were brought to the attention of Channel 4. We will continue to review this in light of any further information we receive, including the accounts of those affected individuals. We will be asking the production company who produced the programs for Channel 4 to investigate these allegations and report their findings properly and satisfactorily to us. It is said in that in the many years since the incidents emerged, there has been extensive change in Channel 4's management and it was committed to ensuring the TV industry is safe and inclusive. Spokesman for John Knoll Management, the agency that represented Russell from 2002 to 2017, said for legal reasons on which they cannot elaborate, they were not in a position to respond to questions from the Times. Right, yet another section in this Times article titled, Female Comedians Have Warned For Years. We interviewed a female comedian, Eleanor Conway. But if you've seen the podcast, it was one of the very first ones we did. I'm going to have to send her a message and find out. If on the female comedian circuit, warnings were circulating for years. All right. Journalists were in touch with dozens of comedians who have worked with brand Female comedian said in early 2000s when they gigged together, he chased her around backstage and bit her on the face. Despite her making clear she was uncomfortable, whenever he saw me, he would grab me and bite my face, and it was coupled up with this weird, horrible energy. I said to him, I don't like this, and he still did it so much before he stopped. It was him crossing boundaries. She also witnessed his behavior at parties. He was like the Fred from the 1987 sci-fi film. He would show up and you'd see him scan the room, who he hadn't slept with, who he was going to sleep with. He should never have got to Hollywood. His behavior should have stopped that, but he was able to become a Hollywood star and do so well out of it. Daniel Sloss, the only comedian willing to speak on the record and using his real name, he says he first heard rumors about Brand's behavior on the comedy circuit more than 10 years ago. He says that female comedians have set up online groups that they use to warn each other of comedians and others working in the comedy industry who they have had unpleasant experiences with, including pred behavior. Sloss says, I know for many, many years that women have been warning each other about Russell. I know there are comedians who have made references in jokes to Russell's alleged crimes and have even been asked or told not to do these jokes anymore. In recent years, the Times says he's reinvented himself again. He promotes himself as a wellness guru to so his estimated twenty-eight million followers across socials, podcasts, and a live festival. He has become known for discussing conspiracy theories while offering advice on subjects such as relationships and addiction. One of the things that impressed me about him was when he went in and spoke to I think they were politicians about addiction. And it was really great and powerful what he said because those idiots behind government policy have made a proper mess. In late 2020, Alice, who is now happily married, contacted his literary agent, the co-founder of Tavistock Wood, which is owned by the talent agency Curtis Brown. Alice says she told his representatives what he did to her when she was 16 because she hoped he had changed. She wanted an apology at the very least for them to know the type of man they were representing. She says she was told Brand was away at a wellness retreat, but that she would get a response. Alice did hear back from a lawyer acting for Brand who denied her allegations. It was very aggressive, said very clearly I was after money, and implied that it was almost blackmail that I was doing. I've never mentioned money. The lawyer was the only person that's ever mentioned money. She replied to his lawyer, emphasizing that she was showing the truth and had never asked for money. I spent too long recovering from these acts to have them dismissed or to be intimidated into invalidating my own experiences. She wrote, adding, to even imply that there is a quantifiable amount that would compensate for beep is frankly insulting, It would take his representatives almost three years to say they believe Alice. After we contacted them last week, he was suddenly removed from the websites of Curtis Brown and Tavistock Wood. The latter then said, Russell Brand categorically and vehemently denied the allegation made in 2020. But we now believe we were horribly misled by him. Tavistock Wood has terminated all professional ties to Brand. So we are just an hour and a half away now from the show on Channel 4, 9 p.m. tonight in the UK, going to 10.30. I'm now going to go over what happened to Julian Assange and compare it so we can get an idea of the trajectory of how these things play out. Because when the allegations came out against Julian Assange, they sounded as horrific, monstrous, criminal as the allegations just sounded in the times. Many of you guys know this channel is all about exposing the monsters who do these disgusting things to women and we are trying to Look at the evidence here. Find out what can be validated, what cannot be validated. Find out if the people providing these testimonies were given incentives to do so financial incentives, revenge, whatever it is. That first part of this live stream has been basically the times. If this was a court of law, that was the argument for the prosecution. We cannot. Make a decision as to where we stand on this until we've heard both sides of the argument. So now we have to wait for Russell. If he is going to put out a statement, it might be a bit early in the day, but it might help him to counter some of these claims. And only then, when we are presented with all of the information from all sides, is it sensible for us to make a decision. I can see in the chat, a lot of people um, are supporting him and saying it is a smear campaign. But when you hear things described so viscerally as what the Times has put out, it does hit you in the gut. You do feel absolutely horrified and sorry for any women who will be put through such monstrous activity. All right, let's go over to Julian now. So... In 2010, a Swedish woman, initially referred to in the press as Miss A, said that Julian had tampered with a rubber during beep with her on a visit to Stockholm, essentially forcing her to have unprotected beep. She has since spoken publicly under her name. Another woman, referred to as Miss W., Said that during the same visit, Julian had penetrated her without a rubber while she was asleep. So he immediately denied the allegations, but a court in England where he lived at the time ruled that he should be extradited to Sweden to face investigation. And my theory at the time was this was the pathway to get him extradited to America where he would be convicted and given a life sentence because of WikiLeaks, because of that video. Was it collateral damage? All right, so this is where Julian then sought political asylum in London's Ecuadorian embassy, where I sent him my book, and I sent him an email. Eager to bolster its reputation as a defender of free speech, and probably to make things inconvenient for the U.S., with whom it was feuding, Ecuador granted Assange's request And he remained in the embassy. Right, so the people supporting Assange at the time accused the women of being honey traps, uh, of being jealous. And Assange did have the backing of Michael Moore. A lot of celebs. Naomi Wolf defended him. Moore called the allegations hooey. but there was a huge media campaign that convinced a lot of people that he was guilty of the R word. And then the Swedish authorities, um, London judge sentenced Assange almost here in jail. All right. So those allegations stem from a visit he made to Stockholm in August 2010. This was months after WikiLeaks gained international notoriety by publishing material leaked by then Army private and whistleblower Chelsea Manning about the U.S. wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. What is Russell Brand consistently calling out the military industrial complex? These illegal wars in the Middle East bombing the poorest countries in the world that we are paying for the taxpayers slaughtering hundreds of thousands of people, more than half of them women and kids, and calling it collateral damage. Anyone who calls that out is a principled person, I believe. So we've got a parallel right here whereby Assange was calling out the military-industrial complex. Bam! Next thing he's getting are accusations against him. Russell's been doing it for a while now, now he's got similar accusations against him. Julian was visiting Sweden to meet with a political group there, according to documents obtained by The Guardian. There was a visit set up and um, she one of the women went to uh, hosted, hosted him in her apartment. She said he began stroking her leg, then removing her clothes, breaking her necklace in the process. She said she tried to put her clothes back on, but he took them off again. She told police that she then allowed Julian to undress her because it was too late to stop him as she had gone along with it so far. He tried to have unprotected beep with her, she said, but she asked him to use a rubber. He agreed, but she said he had done something to the rubber so that it ripped before he climaxed. Julian told police that he had beep with her, but did not turn the rubber, according to the Guardian. In the days that followed, she told a friend that she was still allowing him to stay with her, but they were not having beep because he had exceeded the limits of what she felt she could accept, the friend told the police. Miss W met him at a seminar organized by the other woman, she told the police. They later met up and went to her apartment where they started to have beep, but Julian did not want to use a rubber, Miss W said, so they stopped and eventually fell asleep. Later that night, she said they woke up and had consensual beep, during which he unwillingly used a rubber. But in the morning, she said she woke up to find him beeping her without a rubber. Um, He denied wrongdoing, blah blah blah. Then he took refuge in the embassy. After they reported their experiences to the police, Swedish authorities opened an investigation. Um, He'd returned to London. Lengthy legal battle. British court that he ruled in 2012 that he should be extradited to Sweden. Now, it was obvious to me right away that he was going to get they were going to try and extradite him to America, and his lawyers were worried about that because he would be facing extradition to the US to face charges related to WikiLeaks. That's when he went into the Ecuadorian embassy. In granting his request, the Ecuadorian government said it was protecting him from the harsh punishment he could receive if sent to the US. A small majority of Ecuadorians supported the decision according to the BBC. In 2015, the statute of limitations on the allegations expired In 2017, Swedish authorities dropped their investigation into the claims, claiming that they saw no way to proceed while he was in the embassy. And Once he was arrested, they were considering uh, reopening the investigation according to the New York Times. The statute of limitations on one of the claims expired in 2020. Eva Marie Persson, Sweden's Deputy Director of Public Prosecutions, said at a news conference that there was probable cause to suspect him of a crime in Sweden, according to the Times. Hey, we're with the Times, back to the Times. Um, he was sentenced to jail in the UK for skipping bail when he entered the embassy in 2012. She said that he would serve at least um, 25 weeks of his sentence. British sentence before an extradition to Sweden would occur. If Sweden and the US both seek extradition, it will likely be up to the UK to decide. No one is above the law. No one should be able to hide and escape from justice like Assange has done in this case, said Fritz. The lawyer represents one of the alleged victims in a statement. We're now waiting this week's prosecutor's authority's decision. All right. So I think you get the gist of what happened there. I know there's a lot more detail in the Russell Brand allegations than there is here. Perhaps the Julian, the people legend, perhaps in other articles, there are more details. But let's look at uh, the alternative side to that. So this is um, from a people who are supporting Julian. And it starts out, one of the most successful false news stories of the last decade is the story of the two women who filed a R word complaint against Julian with the Swedish police in August, 2010. But the founder of WikiLeaks escaped from Swedish justice system by fleeing to England. The advantage of the Swiss, uh, Nils Melz is that he speaks fluent Swedish and was able to consult the original documents. All right. So we've got someone now who's gone and looked at the original documents in the Swiss language was then able to consult the original documents and to his amazement, it turned out that the course of events was quite different. So it seems that the mainstream media interpreted the statements regarding Assange to their favor. Surprise, surprise. The rewriting of a woman's statement is the title here. In fact, as Melzer stated in an important interview with the Swiss online magazine, one of the two women who was simply accompanied by the other was horrified when the police before her eyes began to draw up a R-word report from her statements. She, as she pointed out on several occasions, had beep relationships with Julian on a totally consensual basis and only contacted the authorities to find out whether it was possible to force him to take a test, a test as in for uh, STIs. As soon as she realized that the police were starting to do something completely different, She interrupted the interrogation in a state of shock and left the room. However, only a few hours later, the headline appeared in large letters in the Swedish tabloid press, Julian accused of double R word. So this is where Russell Brand is right now. He's at this stage of the campaign. In that regard, there's an explosive document an email from the supervisor of the consensually appointed police officer in which he asks him to rewrite the interrogation protocol correctly. This appears to be due to the fact that the public prosecutor's office was already closing the case as the women's statements were insufficient for an accusation of the R word. As the original text of the document was deleted from the computer, it was not possible to restore it, but its contents can be guessed from the initial reaction of the public prosecutor's office because the public prosecutor's office stated that although SW statements were credible, they did not give any indication of a crime. The woman could also have sent a text message to a friend at the police station. She had the impression that the police were only interested in getting their hands on Julian. Mm -hmm. The second woman's announcement. The second woman played an obscure role at first. She was just an escort. According to Melzer, she not only suggested to the first woman to go to the police, but also directed her to the guard post where one of her friends was on duty. This is the same person who at that time, and this was already a legally incorrect procedure, conducted the interrogation. Later, this police friend also forged the document. See how this stuff can unravel. However, only one day after the first woman was questioned, the second woman made her own statement and reported that Julian had slept with her without protection against her will. According to Swedish law, this does indeed amount to the R word. However, Mr. Melzer highlights the contradictions in the statement. Let us also look at the chronology. Curiously, the Swedish media reported a double R before this second woman made her statement. So the order of the script written up, the mainstream media, for the two R cases before the second woman made the statement. Julian tried to confront Swedish justice. The claim that he systematically fled Swedish justice is clearly false. Quote, it is the opposite. Assange contacted the Swedish authorities on several occasions because he wanted to talk about these allegations. The authorities weighed in the balance. Thanks to the investigation, the perseverance of UN Special Rapporteur on Torture, Niels Melzer, the truth came out, quote, the Swedish authorities were never interested in Julian's testimony. They deliberately left him in the dark, but it also allowed them to control him. Imagine facing our word charges for nine and a half years by an entire state team and the media, but not being able to defend yourself because the charges were never brought so wow um thomas bodstrom former minister of justice a legal representative uh, partner of the former of thomas maintained a confidential relationship with the united states and has worked closely with the cia in the meantime julian requested permission to leave the country and even received authorization During the flight to Berlin, his laptops disappeared from his checked baggage. Scandinavian Airlines refused to provide any information about this. Julian subsequently traveled to London, from where he continued to offer his cooperation with the Swedes until he learned of a possible plot against him. From that moment on, his lawyer said that he was willing to testify in Sweden but demanded diplomatic assurances that Sweden would not extradite him to America. However, the Swedes consistently refused to give such an assurance. At the same time, however, it was legally difficult for Swedish justice to keep the case on hold for years. Without closing it and bringing charges, to date, unusually, the British justice system has intervened to prevent the case from being closed. <laughs> that is, the Crown Prosecution Service wanted to prevent the Swedes from closing the case at all costs, and one of the things that, you know, the judge, when he was mad at Julian, he said, the amount of money this has cost. Well, the amount of money that this has cost, as if Julian has caused the, the, the British government to spend all this money. The British government has chose to spend all this money hounding a journalist whose accuracy has been 100%. The British would have to be happy if they had no longer had to guard the Ecuadorian embassy it cost them millions of dollars of taxpayers' money to prevent him from fleeing. The background to all these strange events is obvious to Melzer. Julian was systematically denouncing the serious war crimes of the United States in collaboration with the New York Times, The Guardian, and Spiegel. You could replace that with Russell Brand. Russell Brand on YouTube has systematically been denouncing the serious war crimes of the United States. Absolute parallel. Murder video footage that US whistleblower Chelsea Manning had handed over to the organization. If you've not watched Collateral Damage, I urge you to watch it. It shows members, I mean if you've got a strong stomach, members of the U.S. military laughing as they shoot people in Baghdad from helicopter. These are innocent Reuters journalists shooting at the wounded and then the people who tried to help them and they had kids with them. Absolutely sickening. No criminal proceedings were brought to any of the soldiers. On the contrary, the U.S. gave a directive to all allied countries to initiate all possible criminal actions against Julian. If he was assault, um, sent to the US, it's believed he would not be subject to any legal proceedings he'd be brought before the infamous Spy Court, which no one has ever been acquitted. The trial would be held behind closed doors on the basis of secret evidence, and he faces up to 175 years in prison. Uh, none of the war criminals in the Yugoslav Civil War has been sentenced to more than 45 years. Absolutely ridiculous. All this has gradually come to public attention, is less due to the effectiveness of, of the media, which has long refused to take notes of Meltzer's findings, than to the perseverance and tireless work of activists as well as the fact that they managed to attract celebrities to the demos, solidarity meetings, signature campaigns, and calls for Julian's release. Although the press was very busy first with Assange and WikiLeaks, the R-word story that has been launched also had success. It was assumed right away, without a doubt, by many people that it was true that he'd done a double R. And for many years, the fate of his um, him but fled to the Ecuadorian embassy was received with some indifference. They often allow themselves to be manipulated by the arguments of the United States, and Julian is not a real journalist, has put people in danger with publications, and is an accomplice of the Russians. Didn't they try that one with Trump? But these ideas about Assange, if examined more closely, are only a variant of the diversionary maneuver described by Melzer, namely that he has discovered war crimes, and that is a crime, in order to pass himself off as a criminal and thus eliminate the real scandal. The real scandal is George H.W. Bush and Tony Blair saying categorically that Saddam had weapons of mass destruction so they could transfer billions of pounds, billions of dollars from the taxpayers to the biggest military oil contractors in the world and put lots of that in their own pockets halliburton dick cheney these are the guys we should be focusing on not the likes of julian and russell so although the reporters about borders organized were reluctant to explicitly label julian as a journalist instead of simply attesting to his journalistic activity worldwide vigils were organized for him, in which journalist associations also participated, a positive contribution of the news magazine um, to make the scandal discovered by Melzer known to the wider public. So, basically, we've gone over the allegations in the Times against Julian. I'm sorry, against Russell. We've seen parallels with exactly what happened with Julian. When these allegations first come out, it's headline news all over the world. It looks really dark. And it looks like the prospects for the people who these allegations are being made against are very low. Yeah, don't forget the the Clinton crime family. I'm back now. I can see the chat as well. And you can see the trauma on Julian's face when he put up that video last night. That is the look of a man who's got a good family living these days. He has made a lot of jokes. Based around his activities, let's say, involving drugs and of the carnal nature. And we all mature and grow over time. I think because of the nature of him being a comedian and being on drugs and saying things that are at the line or have gone into a gray area, he's kind of armed people against him to be able to. Like I said in the Andrew Tate video about how the things that Tate said years ago, and when we interviewed Andrew Tate's lawyer last week, he said Andrew Tate regrets saying the things that he said years ago when he was in the Romanian prison. He's had to reflect on that and grow as a person. We're all growing as a person, and we're all reflecting on our mistakes, and we're all trying to do the right thing. Yep, is a good point by James. Um, and I've I, I'm contemplating this as well. How much are these newspapers paying the, the people making the allegations? And and they will be told they're going to be millionaires after suing him, plus they will get book deals, bookie book deals, etc. Even with the Saville case, we saw I think it was one of Savile's cousins or nieces or something. She made a claim against him because massive payouts were being made. Now, our hearts go out to all of the victims of Savile. We've done a documentary on it. It's called Untouchable. But there are going to always be some people who jump on a bandwagon and look at someone who's as famous as Russell as a gold mine, and the possibility of getting a nice payout. That is true. I'm not saying that is the case in this situation. I'm just from analysing other cases, giving you my perspective. In this situation, I think we need to find out what Russell's response is. But just like we saw with Julian, if you get that much momentum online, if you've got as many followers as WikiLeaks, got as many followers as Russell in the tens of millions, and you're going after some of the biggest names in the world, you're going to get taken out at some point. You know, if if this was Rome, if this was ancient Rome, the Praetorian Guard would be coming for you. Your head would end up on the gates, on a stick, on a gate. This has been going on for millennia. Even Machiavelli, he knew that. So he dedicated his books To the principles of his region at the time, so his head wouldn't end up on a stick. 48 laws of power, Robert Greene, he says don't make an enemy of the most powerful people because they've got all the power. They can do anything they want to you, they control the intelligence agencies, the CIA, MI5, MI6, all that stuff. If you become as much a thorn in the side to these powerful people as Julian has become, as Russell has become, blink of an eye, they can have you taken out. Now, we're going to watch the Channel 4 thing, and we're going to come back at 10.30. But we want to contemplate what could possibly happen next. Hey, Louise. Yeah, we're talking about Russell. We went over all the allegations in the times. And we're just comparing it to the trajectory of what happened with Julian because I think there are a lot of parallels and it gives us an idea of what could potentially happen to Julian next. So, I mean Russell next. So with Russell them, the allegations are now in the public domain. Are the police going to pursue this criminally? That's a possibility if the police contact the alleged victims and they want to press criminal charges, I don't think there's a statute of limitations in the UK. I know some of that was in America, and they've extended the statute of limitations in California because of the historical cases involving certain names. Um, So he could possibly be criminally indicted. This is a worst-case scenario. He could be criminally indicted, and he could end up facing charges in the UK and the usa so his brain is going to be smashed right now his lawyers are going to be telling him all the various options all the various strategies and i'm hoping that we see some kind of response from the lawyers it's probably best that he keeps his mouth shut now because this is so serious it's best that his lawyers take over from here and issue a statement rebutting these claims and providing any reassurance they can to his followers that these claims they don't believe that they are true and that he said last night when he was running ahead of this on um, he'd obviously been tipped up he said last night that he had people to corroborate his version of events now, what we've heard tonight is absolutely disgusting. It is just the prosecution's side. And we need to hear Russell's side before we can make an informed decision. Here's a comment. MSM keeps throwing these, exposing the truth into the mainstream, but never happens to the left, does it? People like Biden is protected. Listen, isn't Hunter up for something now? Isn't his uh, legal agreement unraveling? And he may now potentially be facing problems. But you're right. It's one law for them and another law for the rest of us. And it's the political party in power has control over the justice system. And they weaponize that. And it's been increasingly weaponized in America. And, um, yeah, I agree, Barbara. Involved with Savile, but if you look at every single celebrity in the country, Saville was so big, every single famous person in the country was involved with him, and not all of them were into these monstrous activities. So, you know, it's easy it's easy to tar someone by saying they've got an association five years, six years before the allegations commenced on the Saville case. I am writing a book about Saville, Um, that I hope to get out by the end of the year, but we've got a lot going on. Yeah, where's the proof? We definitely do want to see proof. Um, shout, shouting horse. YouTube has artificial intelligence watching every single video we put out. I've had my channel terminated twice. We've got a lot of scrutiny on this channel. And if we say those words, YouTube punishes the channel by not sharing the video. So then we're trying to work our way around that by not saying those words. I'm not trying to take away from what's happened here. Our mission statement on this channel is to go after these monsters who prey on women and kids. That is no joke to us. That is something that we take extremely seriously. And we do try to continue our coverage within the limits of what we can do and of what we can say. Let's see, how can the police pursue it after it's all over the press? Well, it would ha- it would have to take, my understanding is it would have to take an alleged victim saying something like this to the cops when they, for them to make it a criminal act. Yeah yeah and then that would be enough evidence for them to start a case yeah yeah agree mark that's the case i can't talk about it's on the screen i've written two books about it if you want to see all my um research on that yeah and it's almost eight so we've got a royal mess oh thanks for the super chat man united it's almost eight we've got a royal mess coming out now with ron swanson and paula m Well, the elites do care about Russell Pebby because go to his channel and look at the videos he's doing, how many views he's getting. He's getting more views than CNN and all these crappy mainstream media entities. And he's just one man working out with his team out of his house. That's why he's a threat to these NWO scumbags who do not want us having independent minds. Take care. Much love and respect. Hope to see some of you at 10.30 after the Channel 4 program.